Well, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Uh, you know, I said this to the first service, so I think it's important to say to you guys, too. Uh, this time of the year, there's a lot of transition in Abu Dhabi. A lot of people going, a lot of people coming. So if you are new to ECC, you've only joined us in the last two or three weeks, uh, maybe you're sitting there right now and you're looking up here and you're thinking to yourself, the pastor looks very pale compared to last week. I want to clarify, I am not Christian Lawanda. <laughs> preached the last three weeks. Uh, my name is Cass O'Rear. I'm one of the other pastors here at ECC. Uh, I'm from the United States, originally from Texas. Uh, my family and I have been here for about 13 years in Abu Dhabi now, uh, and it is my honor and privilege to proclaim God's word to you this morning. Well, today we're going to be continuing in the series that Christian started last week. We'll be looking at the Psalms uh, during this series. Today we're going to be looking at Psalm 3, if you want to go ahead and turn there in your Bibles. Uh, something else I'll just throw in there, if you're here this morning and you don't have a Bible, come and find me after this service and I will make sure that you leave here with a Bible. Well, I don't think it will surprise anyone in this room. I hope it doesn't surprise anyone in this room when I say that we live in a broken world. It's a result of the fall. And because of man's rebellion against our Creator, the one and only God of the universe who's holy and righteous and rightfully deserves our worship, because our rebellion against Him because of our sin against him, this world is broken. Because of sin, because of the brokenness, things like pain and sadness and suffering and death exist. Because of the fallen state of this world, we all have faced situations that induce fear, which can lead to anxieties. This is not true. I want to clarify that before I say this. This is not true. Becoming a Christian means that you will never experience any of those emotions again. Becoming a Christian means that the tough times of this life are over for you. That's not true. That's a lie. As Christians, we do have ultimate victory in Christ. We know that all suffering will end one day, but... Becoming a Christian does not end trials in this life. In fact, the Bible tells us over and over and over that Christians will suffer. Romans says we rejoice in our suffering. James says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials. John says, in the world, you will have tribulation. Christians still experience hard times in this life. But our faith does completely change the way we view and approach suffering in this life. Through our faith, we can understand the reasoning behind suffering in this world. Through our faith, we can have hope and confidence as we go through suffering. So in this series, 
we are looking at psalms, but we're looking at a very specific type of psalm. We're, we're looking at what's called the psalms of lament. And to define lament, lament means to turn to God in difficult circumstances and to trust Him through those circumstances. Over one-third of all the psalms are considered psalms of lament. In the psalms of lament, we see faithful people of God wrestle with raw human emotions, such as grief and sorrow and fear and doubt, things we all experience. These psalms are incredibly helpful and encouraging chapters of the Bible. And our aim over the course of this series is to learn how to lament. We want to learn how to go from weeping to worship, from heartache to hope, and from fear to confidence. And so that's my hope this morning as we look into Psalm 3. Let me read Psalm 3 for us this morning. Psalm 3, a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. O Lord, how many are my foes! Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. Selah. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. Selah. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who've set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Selah. Will you pray with me? Father, I pray for us this morning. I pray you would speak to us through the sermon, through your perfect word in Psalm 3. For those of us that know you, I pray that you would edify us through this sermon. For those in this room that may not know you, Father, I pray that by your Holy Spirit you would show them grace, that you would draw them to yourself, that you open their hearts to the truth of the gospel. May we glorify you during this time. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Well, we can learn a lot about the context of Psalm 3 just by reading the title of it. We know that Psalm 3 is written from the perspective of David because it tells us clearly in the title, Psalm 3 is a psalm of David. And I think most of us are familiar with David. He was the king of Israel at this time. He was a shepherd boy who God had anointed and chosen and made the king of his people, the king of Israel. I think it's interesting to note, if you go back to 1 Samuel and read in chapter 16, not only do you read there about God anointing David when he was just a shepherd boy, but you also read something really interesting about David. You learn how he came to be in King Saul's service, the king that preceded David. Saul was looking for a musician, and they brought in David as a musician to serve in Saul's court. 
1 Samuel 16 says that David was a skilled musician. It says he was skilled in playing. David played an instrument called the lyre, which is kind of like a lute, which is kind of like a guitar, if you don't know anything about musical instruments. Okay, so why do I bring that up? Why is that relevant at all? Well, David was a skilled musician who wrote and played wonderful songs. And the book of Psalms that we're studying is often referred to as a song book or a hymn book. Many of the Psalms were written by David himself. Many of the Psalms explicitly state that they are to the choir master or they are for the flutes or with the stringed instruments. Maybe you noticed I read a word in Psalm 3 a few times called selah. Selah is a Hebrew word that we honestly don't know the exact translation of. It appears 71 times in the Psalms and then is rarely found anywhere else in the Bible. Many interpreters think that selah is a musical term that signified places where the musicians and the singers were to pause and take a breath and reflect on what they had just sung. One thing that we do know with absolute certainty is that many of these psalms, if not most of the psalms, were sung by the Israelites in temple worship, in festivals, in holidays. The psalms of lament are so important for us to study as Christians. It can be helpful for us to read them. It can be helpful for us to pray them. And it can also be a blessing to us to actually sing these songs. One author says, the practice of singing lament is one divinely appointed way of recalling the grace of God in times past, and so renewing trust in times present. The power to recall enables both the renewing of faith and the strengthening of hope. Psalm 3 is David's song of lament to the Lord. It's his prayer song to the Lord during an incredible trial. So my hope and prayer is that the Lord will speak to us through Psalm 3 today during this sermon and that he will continue to bless us through Psalm 3 as we actually sing Psalm 3 this morning after the sermon in this room. Well, the title of Psalm 3 tells us that it's a psalm of David. That's not the only thing it tells us. It also tells us the setting of Psalm 3. It says, A psalm of David when he fled from Absalom his son. If you go back to 2 Samuel, I encourage you at some point, go back and read chapters 15 to 18 of 2 Samuel. There you can read about David's son, Absalom. And there you can read that Absalom was leading a coup against his father's rule. Absalom spent years sowing seeds of discontentment amongst the people of Israel. And many of the Israelites turned against David as a result of this. 2 Samuel 15 says, Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. 
So as we read Psalm 3, we should know that at this time, there was an uprising against David's rule. Psalm 3 is written as David is fleeing the city with his supporters. It's written as his son, the traitor Absalom, and Absalom's supporters are taking Jerusalem. And we know about David's emotional state during this time by also reading 2 Samuel. There it says, David was weeping as he went, barefoot and his head covered as he fled Jerusalem. Later in 2 Samuel, it says, David was weary and discouraged. So David's been betrayed by his own son. And many of his people have turned against him. They're seeking not only to take his throne, but his life. It's a situation that would rightfully cause anyone to be troubled. And by studying Psalm 3, we not only see how David responded to such a trial, we also observe the pattern of lament that we too can follow when we're faced with difficult situations in this life. So David's whole world is collapsing around him. It seems all is going wrong. It's hard to imagine things being even worse for him. With his son betraying him, with his followers uprising and seeking to kill him, what's David do in the midst of such a trial? Well, in verse 1 it says, O Lord, how many are my foes? In the midst of such a trial, David prays. He cries out to the Lord. He confesses to the Lord exactly what's troubling him. He says, Oh Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, There is no salvation for him and God. David's words make it clear that he is distressed. Thousands have risen up against him. They're seeking his downfall. They're seeking his death. And they're even mocking him when they say, there's no salvation for him in God. He's fleeing. They've taken the city. They're saying, God's on our side, not David's side. He's abandoned you, David. David's facing a situation that I'm pretty sure no one in this room has ever had to deal with. But he's battling an emotion that we all experience. David's wrestling with fear. Now, fear is not inherently sinful. However, it can take us to dark, sinful places. Fear, if not properly responded to, has the potential to cause us to lose trust in the Lord. It can lead us to a place where we doubt his goodness and his sovereignty. Without the hope and comfort that comes only from Christ, we can become completely consumed by our fears. And that's what David's battling in Psalm 3. 
he's experiencing fear. And as he's experiencing fear, he's going through this hard time, he prays to the Lord. He cries out in prayer to the Lord and confesses the difficult situation that he's in the middle of. As Christians, as we face difficult times in this life, we should do the same as David. When you feel like the stresses of this world are rising up against you, pray to the Lord. When you're wrestling with fear, pray to the Lord. Tell Him what is burdening you. As His church, we should be a praying people. If you're struggling right now, if you're going through hard times, you're wrestling with fear at this moment, come today at 5 p.m. We have a prayer service as a church. Come and pray prayers of lament with the church. Take your struggles to the Lord. Confess to Him what you're going through. Well, in those first couple of verses, David does not seem to be a man that's just overflowing with confidence. And who could blame him considering his situation? But we should take note of what he does in verse 3, though. In verse 3 it says, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. In verse 3, David is not simply declaring truths to God in his prayer. He is doing that. He's declaring truths to God. But he's also reminding himself that he's not alone in this trial. He's encouraging himself by remembering that God is with him. When we face trials as believers, it will do us well to remember we're not alone. Are you dealing with a difficult situation at work right now? Maybe you lost your job. Are you battling illness? Is there turmoil with a friend or a family member? Remember, the Lord is with you in the middle of that. You're not alone. The fact that the Lord is with us is repeated constantly throughout Scripture. In Deuteronomy, it says, Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. Isaiah says, Fear not, for I, the Lord, am with you. Jesus' final words in Matthew to his disciples, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. As we face trials in this life, as we go through suffering, we're not alone as Christians. The Lord is with us through it all. So in Psalm 3, David's reminding himself that God is with him, but he's also reminding himself of exactly who God is. When he writes, You are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. David is acknowledging that it's God who's protected him to this point in his life. 
It's God who chose him and took him from shepherd to king. He's acknowledging the sovereignty of God throughout all the events of his life. It's not David that deserves the glory for where he is. It's not David that's lifted his head high. It's not David that's made himself king. His name is great. He is the king. But it is God who's done everything. God's the one that's lifted David's head. God's the one that's made David the king. It's God who deserves all the glory. And David, as he's facing thousands rising up against him, encourages himself by remembering who God is, by remembering God is in control, even of this. When you face trials, the supreme and sovereign God of the universe is with you. Christians, he is your shield, your glory, the lifter of your head. And there's no trial too great for him. He's God. He's in control, and he is with you through it all. Well, as we continue in Psalm 3, when we look at verses 4 and 5, I think it's important to note the verb tense in these next verses. He says, I cried aloud to the Lord. He answered me from his holy hill, Selah. I lay down and slept. I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. I cried. He answered I lay down and slept. I woke. The Lord sustained me. All of those verbs are in the past tense. David is referring to events from his past. He's remembering past trials that he'd been through and God's faithfulness during those events. He's remembering that during those trials... It was the Lord who sustained him. This is not the first difficult situation that David's faced in his life. As he's facing this rebellion, he's encouraging himself. He's gaining in confidence by reminding himself that God has faithfully sustained him through it all. Through all trials he's gone through to that point, God has sustained him. When David's cried out to the Lord in the past, the Lord has answered him. As we approach God with our concerns and our petitions, we too can know that he hears us and he responds. As you're going through difficult times, know it is the Lord who sustains you, just as he sustained David during his trials. Well, then David says, I lay down and slept. I woke again. What's he talking about? Why is he talking about sleep? Well, what he's saying is that even in troubled times, 
he had restful sleep. He wasn't tossing and turning during trials. He wasn't up all night stressing. As his enemies are surrounding him and seeking to kill him, he's able to sleep peacefully. The Lord is with him and sustains him. It's by God's grace that David has the faith to view all circumstances, even this trial, as part of God's plan, as part of God's good plan for his people. Why? Because he trusts in God. It's because of his trust in God that he can have restful sleep. What keeps you up at night? Are you having restless sleep? Are you anxious? Have you brought that to the Lord? Whatever is troubling you, have you brought that to the Lord? As we face difficult times, Christians, find encouragement by reminding yourself that it's God who sustains us through our trials. Find rest in the comfort of the Lord, in trusting in Him and His sovereign goodness. Well, finally, David confidently cries out, Save me, O my God! Because he knows salvation belongs to the Lord. Let me read those last three verses for us again. It says, I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who've set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people, Selah. Well, contrast verse 6 with the first couple of verses in this psalm. David seems like a completely different person. His fearful cries lamenting his troubles have been replaced with a confident voice. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. That's confidence. But it's not confidence in himself. He's not confident in his own strength, his own wisdom. He's confident in the shield about him, in his glory, in the lifter of his head. He's confident in the Lord who's answered his cries in the past, who's given him restful sleep and sustained him through it all. This psalm of lament shows us David coming to the Lord during a hard time and asking for help, asking for relief. As Christians, we can and should do the same. By asking for help, we're showing that we have faith in God. We ask for His help because we know He's able to help us. David declares he will not be afraid, and then he faithfully 
and confidently ask the Lord for deliverance from this trial. He says, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek, you break the teeth of the wicked. God had delivered David in the past, and now David asked for deliverance in this present circumstance, knowing that God was able to save him from his enemies. Friend, if you are here this morning and you don't know Christ, where is your hope in the midst of trials? Who do you cry out to and find comfort in during hard times? Let me tell you, out of love, there is no hope apart from Jesus. Consider what David says God does to his enemies. He says, For you strike all my enemies on the cheek, you break the teeth of the wicked. That sounds awful. Anyone breaking my teeth? The bad news is that apart from Jesus, we are all enemies of God because of our sin against Him. The ups and downs of this life are mere momentary afflictions. If you're not in Jesus, you need to know that there is no salvation for you in God. As hard as this life may be at times, the suffering of this life pales in comparison to the righteous wrath of God that will be poured out on the enemies of God in the final judgment. That's terrifying. But there's good news. There is hope in Jesus. Jesus is ready to be your shield. He's ready to be your glory, the lifter of your head and the sustainer of your life. There is salvation and it's found only in Jesus who sacrificed himself for those that follow him. He shields us from the wrath of God by taking the punishment for our sin on himself. By believing in Jesus and repenting of your sins, you can receive salvation from the Lord. Jesus has won the final battle over sin and death for his people. Because of his life, death, and resurrection, his church looks forward to the day when he will return and wipe away every tear from our eyes, and death shall be no more. We look forward to his return when there's no need for lament, because there will be no more tears, no more mourning, no more pain. 
If you place your faith in Jesus, you are adopted into his family. You are his people. And as his people, we can happily say, just as David does in verse 8 of Psalm 3, salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Selah. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, I encourage you to cry out to God. Arise, O Lord. Save me, O my God. Well, it's absolutely true that we live in a broken world. God's Word tells us that we will experience suffering. Even as Christians, we will experience suffering in this world. There will be hard times. We should learn to lament during those times, just as David. It's not wrong to lament, to cry out to the Lord during difficult times. When we lament to the Lord, we're spurred on in faith, just as David was. Our hearts are reoriented in the midst of hard times. It helps us realize that the final victory has already been won for us. Just like David, we can ask the Lord for deliverance, knowing that the battle is already won. Jesus has won. He saved us. His blessing is upon His people. As we face trials of this life, it will serve us well to lament like David did in Psalm 3. We can sing our songs of lament to the Lord during difficult times. As the foes of this life rise up against us, just as David's enemies rose up against him, as you wrestle with fear-inducing circumstances, just as David wrestled with this fear-inducing circumstance, pray to the Lord and ask for his help, confident that he is with you. He will sustain you and that salvation belongs to him. Will you pray with me one more time? Father, we love you. We thank you that you have won the final battle for us through your Son, Jesus Christ, through his life, death, and resurrection. Father, we know the final victory is already won. There will be a day where there is no more crying. There's a day coming. There will be no more pain. Father, during this life, as we await that day, we pray that you will sustain us. You will be our shield. We pray you will orient our hearts to know the purpose in suffering. Father, I pray for anyone in this room that doesn't know you, that they will cry out for salvation. Father, I pray you will give them the grace to believe. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.